0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
2: All this time me
3: welcome to faith in the zone on sports radio 1057 fm the fan i'm mike McGovern, alongside pastor ken keltner from brookside baptist church yeah, yeah, you better start whistling. I'll tell you what. I'm doing fine, Mike.
4: Thanks for asking. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad
3: you're doing fine. Boy, I'll tell you what. Sometimes I just think, what have I gotten myself into? And today on Faith in the Zone, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking to another Baptist minister. So it's me and these two guys. And I'm telling you. I'm not sure if I'm going to survive this come whole show. Come to the altar right <laughs> now, <to> Mike. The, <laughs> come, you know what? And you got, Hey, look, we only have an hour between you two. That's going to be hard because you Baptist boys, you ministers can get it going. We're man. right on time, Bubba. Yeah, We're right, right on, on time, time right now. have been on the phone for an hour talking to you guys. <laughs> Our special guest for the entire hour, and I'm looking forward to this. He is a pastor at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. He's also an author. He's written a number of books. The one we're gonna highlight a lot today is his book called In the Arena Promise of Sports from Discipleship. Uh Pastor David Prince. David, how are you today?
0: I'm great. It's good to be with
3: you. Man, I really appreciate your time. I need to I need to thank Mike Pelzer who is uh, actually uh, the guy that runs, uh, Pastor Ken, he runs, Mike runs all of the Upward Sports uh, over at Spring Creek. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, picked up this book, and he sent me a picture of the cover in the back, and he said, look, I'm in the middle of this book, and and this guy, this book really rings out to some of the things that you guys have talked about uh, on Faith in the Zone, and he might be a great guest. And, and uh, Uh, Pastor Prince and I, have been we played a little bit of phone tag, I have to tell you, and and, uh, the Lord finally put us together, and and we had a good conversation the other day about uh, the possibility of having him come on as a guest, and and, uh, Pastor David, I just want to say thank you very much for your time today.
0: I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah,
3: you bet. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your background and and where you grew up and and, uh, how you ended up in Lexington, Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I grew up in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, my parents bought a house when I was a kid because it was right across the street from football fields, uh, baseball fields, and a basketball court, and uh, that's why they bought the house across the street, because that's where I grew up playing sports. The very first uh, picture of me I remember as a baby is in a crib, and I have a baseball in the crib with me. So I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, a hotbed of those uh, three sports, particularly, of course, football. My great love was always baseball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, I grew up there. I uh, became a Christian while I was in college playing baseball. And I got married to a girl who uh, the first time I ever went out with her, she said it won't amount to anything. <laughs> well, it's amounted to 27 years and eight kids. Uh, but, uh, when I was coaching baseball, I was coaching baseball as a high school coach in in Birmingham, Alabama, and never really could shake a sense of call to preach the gospel. So I ended up, uh, resigning from my coaching position and going to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. So I got my master's degree there and ended up, uh, taking a church and then finishing my PhD at, uh the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, and like I said, I've got eight kids. I've been married 27 years, and I've spent all these years coaching them. And uh, my old, my son that's still at home, 18-year-old. I've got two that are out of the house now. But uh, it's his last year of baseball, which we're uh, going to every game and kind of mourning the end of that, but excited about his senior season. And then I'll be a full-time tennis dad.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I, I like hearing that, Pastor Dave. I, I, I have to get out and play a little tennis. My wife and I play together, and she runs me all over the court, kind of excited to make me run and score points. I mean, the problem is she laughs on the other side when she sees me running from side to side. And I, I, yeah, I, got, I, would, I, I laugh checked. just thinking about it. So. <laughs>
0: Well, hey, I've so, had five yeah. knee surgery and a total knee replacement. So oh. mobility is a little bit less uh, than I'd like it to be. <laughs>
4: yeah, well nobody be laughing doing that to you if if you've had that kind of trouble. <laughs> hey, uh so you grew up down south, so are you an Alabama fan?
0: Roll tide, brother.
4: Yeah. You know what? I just uh I'm I, I grew up in Oklahoma, so I'm a big Oklahoma fan and uh I told one of the guys, uh, Sparky here in the studio, he's a big Alabama fan. And I said, What are you gonna do if Jalen Hurts wins the Heisman trophy this year? I'd be Ooh. the third wow. third guy from Oklahoma. <laughs> wow.
1: He's one, he's
0: one of my favorite Alabama football players of all time. Is there a, is yeah. Class. Wow. Uh he will light it up for Oklahoma this year. And that offense, he'll be perfect. Um Alabama never really ran what fit him the best. Mm-hmm. Maybe his first year there with Lane Kiffin they did, but he's gonna light it up in that offense.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I told I told Sparky I said what are you gonna? Do? He goes well if he's in Lincoln Riley's offense, he probably will be the Heisman Trophy winner.
3: <laughs> Boy, that, that, I tell you that would be something else. That kid is awfully talented, and and it's good to hear that that he's a good kid, uh, Pastor David, because you know you, you, the 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 amount of class it took for him to stand on the sidelines in that national championship game, you know, year and a half ago, and and root on the kid that they put in. Um, I, I just I, I thought, wow, that's got to be a really difficult spot because the camera kept showing him, it, it kept showing him, and he was there and he was helping and cheering and and uh, as a high school basketball coach, I know at the high school level it's a little bit different, but it, it would be difficult for me to tell you, I uh, have 36 years of a kid that you know would be would be able to do some of the things that that he did on the sidelines that day.
0: One of my favorite Jalen Hurst stories is that, uh, you know, they fought it out for the starting job the year after Tua came in and won the national championship game. And Tua ended up winning the job, and they came back out for practice the next day. And Jalen was at the head of one of the exercise lines, and he uh, walked over, got Tua, and pointed him to the top of the exercise line. And Tua said, no, no, that's your spot. He said, no, that's the starter spot. And so he's the one who made that adjustment in the exercise line after two and won the job.
3: Hmm. Man. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, that that is really good. Well, hey, uh,
4: Pastor David, um, I don't really pick up a southern accent that much from you.
3: Oh, really?
0: Um, oh, well, if uh, you talk to my wife, she definitely has a southern accent.
4: Yeah, uh, well, I, I, thought, I thought I might, because if I get around that,
3: Oh, you're, you're already t- getting around it. <laughs> hey, pa- pa- Pastor Prince, I'm just telling you, you know what? He's He's been in Wisconsin a long time, but we get somebody from south of the Mason-Dixon line. I can't understand a word he says by the end of the interview, just so you know. How, hey, well, how's how's, the, how's your mama doing? Your mama, what? you've never said the word mama in your life. But
4: that's, how, that's how they talk. That's how we talk down that, south.
3: Yeah, man, that's so. Oklahoma and Alabama. Boy, and two Baptist ministers. This can going to be a long show for me. For me hey, Pastor have you figured out um that that this year with your son, who is a senior playing baseball, this is a year of last for you you know you go you're you're gonna go to this field for the last time you'll see him play yeah. against this team. How you doing with that? That was a difficult thing for me,
0: yeah, you know it's a challenge, but uh i mean we're we're just relishing it uh we're we're clearing the schedule, trying to get to every game. We miss one here and there, but not very many. Uh, and it is, I mean, it's something that's been a part of my life, my entire life. Like I told you, the picture of me as a baby had a baseball in the crib. My parents bought the house near the baseball field. My dad uh, had a pitching mound put in the backyard. Uh, he would throw with me every day after he got off work. Uh, and so literally it's, it's been something I've always done. So it's, uh, it's new territory and we're trying to relish it and, you know, I'll, it, it'll always be the game that I love the most. But I'm also having a blast being a tennis dad with these uh, five girls I've got at
4: home. Hmm. Hey, Pastor Dave, I wanted to say uh, that is awesome to hear. I, I don't know how many pastor kids I've talked to who've said, "Yeah, my dad never came watch me play a game." Hmm. And uh, I, I tell you what, yeah, relish those times. Um, my times, real, my time with with the boys watching them in sports is really over. And uh, I would concur with Mike, I, I miss it. and uh, it, that was that was sure fun. That was a, that was
3: a real highlight for us. And hey, uh, hey, Pastor, can I, can I jump in there? Yeah, sure. I, yeah, There were some games when I was coaching your sons that I wish you couldn't have made, but you made all of them, <laughs> didn't you? you? Man, you didn't miss a one that I, I coached all his boys, uh, Pastor, and, and Pastor Ken never missed a game. And but, there were some games I sure wished he would have missed. Let, let's,
4: let's put it this way, Pastor Dave. I think you go out there and you do your best. You want to win that game. And uh, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, so I, 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 was, I was rooting him on, rooting Coach on and, and yeah.
3: all. Now, now, the word, the special word there is rooting. Root. Root. Yeah, I, exactly how you wanted to define rooting. I was is,
4: totally behind you, man. I followed you home after the game. You games. followed me home.
3: Pa- Pastor, think about this, that Ken Keltner grabbed a, a, a mop. During a during a state semifinal game, and started sweeping up the floor because his son wouldn't look at him when he talked to him from the sidelines. So he decided that that in the lane needed to be swept, and he grabbed it and walked right there so he could get closer to his son and say a few words.
4: I just told him you gotta start shooting the ball. Oh, wow. I just said you gotta he's, shoot the ball. Shoot the ball, he
3: said. You know, shoot, we're, shoot we're, to get we're, hot. Well, shoot to stay hot. At that point, we're running a spread <laughs> offense, trying to take time off the clock, and he's telling his kid to shoot the ball. <laughs> David, I need some help with this. Can you tell I haven't seen, maybe I need to go see to see one of the, the the pastors at Brookside and get this off my chest, but this obviously has been on my mind a while.
0: You, you ought to see me at tennis matches. There's an etiquette in tennis matches. that oh, yeah. doesn't exist in the sports I've been involved in most of my life. and so when you're, when your opponent makes a mistake, you're not supposed to cheer. You only cheer positive things that the person that you're going Ooh. there to see does, and so uh let let us say i'm I'm working on <laughs>
3: yeah, I would love but, that I'm glad none of my neither one of my kids played tennis because I would have struggled with that rule, I would have struggled. <laughs> Uh, mightily, hey guys, we got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're gonna we're gonna ask uh, Pastor David Prince again. He's the pastor at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and he's an author of a book that we're gonna talk about called "In the Arena: Promise of uh, Promise of Sports from Discipleship." You can go to davidprince dot com. It's one word: davidprince.com dot com for more information. And we'll uh, we'll continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Pastor David Prince. He's a pastor at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And he is an author in the arena, Promise of Sports from Discipleship. Go to uh, davidprince.com for more information.
4: Hey, Pastor Dave, you kind of shared with us in that first segment a little bit about uh, your your testimony of coming to Christ. But if you could uh, uh, indulge a little bit more uh, in how, you know, who it was or how you ended up uh, hearing the message of salvation and then how you made that decision to put your faith and trust in Christ, we'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I grew up, uh, and literally, uh, all my life was built on was sports and I happened to be pretty good at them. And really sports was an idol in my life. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons it's been such a joy to engage my children at sports, but under the banner of the Lordship of Christ. But I, I was just going about, didn't think I needed anything or anybody. And, uh, I ended up, uh, signing to play uh, baseball in college and, um, One day I had a friend that I kind of hung out with, and he wasn't a godly guy or anything. His family just happened to be people who went to church. And so he invited me to go to church with him. I was 19 years old, uh, playing baseball in college. And so I went to church with him, and the pastor read, For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I was sitting out there in the congregation, and I thought, you know, that makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Who Who is that guy to say that about me? <laughs> and and so I ended up going back, uh, uh, stopping by my house, and I said, you know, I'm going to find a Bible, and I'm going to read that book, and I'm going to go up there and prove that guy wrong. And so my sister had one of those little zipper Bibles with a mural on it, the mm-hmm. only Bible that was in my house. So I went in there and found it, and I sat down, and I found this book, Romans and if you're if you're looking for self justification, Romans is a really bad place to go <laughs> yeah, it sure is <laughs> so, uh, romans has uh Romans has slain the hearts of uh, way better men than me, and so I start reading the book of Romans, and i don't know anything about the Bible other than uh what I learned in vacation Bible school when my parents sent me there in the summers to keep me busy uh but but As I'm reading, uh, I'm understanding that I'm a sinner, and that the only way to deal with the issue of sin is through Jesus Christ, who came and was an atonement for sin, and Christ died for the ungodly. And I knew I fit the category of ungodly, and that I could be declared righteous only in light of Christ. So basically, I'm traveling the Roman road. Uh, but by the time I get through Romans chapter 3, for the first time in my life, I believe that if I died that moment, uh, that I knew uh, in, a, in a very real sense that I would spend eternity in hell uh, under the p- judgment and punishment of God. And so I just kept reading, and I just read and read and read uh, Romans until I said, you know, Christ is the answer. And I cried out for God to save me from my sins. I put my faith in Christ, and and God saved me. And very quickly, he changed my life. And one of the first questions I was asking myself is, should I keep playing sports? I mean, if Christ is the most important thing, is there room for sports in a life of one who's going to uh, live honoring Christ? I decided I thought there was, and I kept playing. But I've been thinking about that issue of the relationship between sports and my faith uh, all these years in between at that time. And uh, I was actually um, a baseball coach in high school, and I was coaching football as well, defensive coordinator. But I couldn't shake this sense of that God had called me to preach the gospel. That came about probably a year after I was uh, uh, converted to to Christ and uh, followed Him in baptism. And uh, one day I just... uh, I just said, "Listen, I've got to do this. I've got to follow God and do what He has for me to do." And I'd been married a while at that time, and just a couple of years. But I came in and told my wife, "I said, I think I'm called to preach the gospel, and I don't even know what you call a place where you go get trained for that, but I need to do it." And my wife said, "You know, I've just been waiting on you. Uh, mm. I knew that you were called all along, and uh, so that set us on this different path." and uh, the only thing that would have gotten me out of coaching is uh, a call from God like that in a very real way. Because I absolutely loved coaching. I loved playing. I loved coaching. And uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't regret it one bit. It's what God had for me. And uh, and now I've been able to engage my kids uh, with sports in a different way than I did when I was growing up.
4: Hey, Pastor Dave. Did your wife? Did she know the Lord before you did? Then?
0: Uh my my wife did. She mm-hmm. ended up uh coming to faith in Christ in college. Mm-hmm. She grew up in a uh in a Christian home mm-hmm. but it was uh it was in a church that wasn't very faithful to the gospel and mm-hmm. she ended up coming to Christ in college uh, before I did. Mm-hmm. Uh in fact the reason she said she wasn't was she said she was only gonna go out with me once because I, w- I was cute. <laughs> uh uh You know, I hope she still thinks that. But uh, but I was too wild because Hmm. I had a reputation, you know, uh, like a lot of athletes do, and I'd earned it. Uh, But she didn't know that I had uh, come to faith in Christ as well. And uh, we've been together ever since.
4: Hey, you mentioned the Book of Romans. That was uh, that was classic uh, statement there. That if you want self justification, <laughs> Romans is not the book you want to go to. We we're we're almost done. We're getting ready to finish up chapter fifteen. We've been on it for about a year and a half now. But uh, I had a lady come up to me, and she said to me, she said. I am so glad to get out of Romans 1 and 2. I mean, get me to something better than I, I admit it. I am a rotten sinner. I agree. Can we move on from that? And uh, I said, well, we sure can. But uh, as long as you recognize that, that's good.
3: Oh, that's awesome. We are talking to Pastor David Prince again. He's a pastor at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. He is a, a sports fan. Right, where did you play baseball in college, Pastor?
0: Yeah, I played at uh, a junior college, Wallace Junior College, and then I played at Huntington College. We were in NAA school at the time, and now it's a D3 school. What position did you play? I played left field in college.
3: All right, because – you know, I, I was hoping you said pitcher because oh, I, yeah, I, he, I, I wanted he, to know he, if you could still throw. Yeah, he loves to go up against Clayton <laughs> Kershaw. Well, yeah, I and want all, you, all the guys. You, you bring know. you bring that hunting and stuff up to here to Wisconsin. And you better bring a bucket because I'll take you deep, Pastor. That's what I'm telling people. <laughs> well,
4: well the, the big question, Pastor Dave, is if you're playing on the church softball team.
3: Yeah, boy. Are you, uh,
0: I- I did play on the church softball team a little bit after I got done with
3: college. Not long though. Yeah, those those all those knee surgeries. You better stay, just stay do, behind do, the pulpit. don't do, don't go back to left do field. A high, do a high arc pitch, and Mike's <laughs> yeah, going to have trouble with yeah, it. Yeah, j- you know what? Don't bring that high arc and stuff. I'm going to turn on that one. My, my, at least I can turn on a softball. I can't turn on a hardball. Hey, uh, Pastor, when uh, when you decided to 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 give up coaching and 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 then get into preaching. I uh, do, do you think now after you've gone through that journey that there's a place um for for coaches that 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 are, are strong believers I, I obviously with and I've just finished coaching my 36th year of coaching in high school basketball and you know I don't feel like I'm being uh, led and called to preach but I think that that coaching has been a little bit of a ministry for me and, and I'm wondering if if you see how those two uh, can can be combined
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, In fact, uh, a lot of people tell me I'm still coaching. Uh, I would say this to you. uh, I learned more through um, coaching. I learned more on the athletic field that I put into practice week by week in leading the congregation than I learned in any pastoral ministry class in seminary. I'm a seminary professor right now, and so I teach those classes. Uh, But um, what it takes to cultivate people and toward a goal bigger than them and to call them to self-sacrifice and to passionately give yourself to that goal and and to talk to them in ways that create a culture and an attitude that where self-sacrifice makes sense, Um, that has everything to do with what I do every single week. And it's the reason why Paul uh, seems like he can't talk about the faith very long without bringing up athletics Mm -hmm. because there's such obvious carryovers. Uh, I'll I'll tell you one one story about a coach that I had. Uh, I was playing baseball in high school. Uh, My coach was a guy who played in the Cardinals organization, a great guy. He played at the same college I did, baseball, Huntington College. But uh, I wasn't a believer. Uh, And this guy, I just knew he knew more baseball than anybody I'd ever known, so I was soaking up everything uh, he had. He was a Christian, but I never even thought about that. In fact, we used to say the Lord's Prayer before practice, and he said, you know, David, lead us in the Lord's Prayer, and I'll never forget it. I said, Coach, I don't know it. And he said, well, okay, I'll lead it. But what happened was he died of cancer my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I be- when I became a Christian, everything started flooding in my mind about the things he'd been teaching us on the mm-hmm. baseball field. And I realized that he'd been teaching us about more than baseball all along. He would talk to us about the beauty of sacrifice. So on our team, if you hit a home run, you weren't permitted to run out and congratulate the guy because he said baseball games weren't win or loss on home runs. If they happen, great. But that's not what we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the daily, the routine, and we're going to always celebrate sacrifice. So if a guy does a sacrifice bunt, we would run out and meet the guy just like somebody uh, another team would do if somebody hit a home run. Wow. And he would he would talk to us about the beauty of sacrifice. And here I am when I come to faith in Christ, and I'm like, you know, Coach Mitchell, Coach Wayne Mitchell was teaching me about a Christian worldview through baseball, and even the mantra he had of making routine plays. So if you made a routine play, he would cheer like crazy. If you made a great play, he'd say, Well, okay, we'll take it, but that's not what it that's not how you, how you're going to earn a starting position. You're going to be able to make the routine plays. Uh baseball is about making the routine plays. And so all of these things I became a Christian and I'm like uh you know, he was always passing on his faith. It, not in a not in a hyper overt way, but in a very real way. And I hear his voice now all these years later consistently Uh, things that he was teaching me when I was playing baseball in high school that line up with living for Christ today.
3: Boy, that's awesome! Hey, before we're going to get to a break here in a couple of minutes, and and before we do, Pastor, doing uh, some research for the show, I came up with an article that you wrote, uh, four simple ways to transform your church worship services, and I showed them to, to Pastor Ken, and I said, "Look, Pastor, I've I, I've been at Brookside Baptist Church now for a long time, and I've and I've listened to Pastor preach, and and." All four of these, and, and I'm going to go through it very quickly. I, I as soon as I read it and started to read the paragraph, I said, "Pastor, this is you. Like you do this, and and, and I don't know if you mean to do it, but it was, number one is stop using insider language. And I, you know, when when Pastor Ken, when you start to talk about some of the things going on at church. Uh, you, you know, you do it. So if I'm the, if I'm a first time visitor, I completely understand what you're saying, and and thank you for that. Number two is quickly define technical terms. Uh, Pastor Ken, you do a great job of that. You know, when you talk about being, ju- you know, justified and you, you explain what that is, I think it's really important that you don't quickly, that you don't think that we all have the same uh, knowledge that you have. And when you, you get into this, and, we, and again, in the Book of Romans, you've had to do it a little bit, um, yeah, and I think you've done a really nice job with that. So thank you for that. Number three is do not talk as all, as if all Christians are morally superior to non-Christians. Again, we have those conversations. I mean, you're doing most of the talking, but but I feel like we have the conversations at Brookside about. And you'll be the first to say, "Look, I'm a sinner." You know, let me tell you about what you know where my faults are. And if and if you don't believe me, ask my wife Kathy because she'll she'll talk <laughs> about them as, as well. And I think by doing that, I think it's really important. And that and that climb up and down the ladder of abstraction, I think, is really important. And uh, after I read this, Pastor. I've always thought of you as a pretty good preacher, but, you know, this article, man, I, mean, I put you up on a pedestal now. So. Yeah,
4: don't, don't put me on a pedestal. Nah, no that, pedestal. That, you thanks, know I'm kidding that. with that. Yeah, thanks, and uh, I
3: appreciate it. And, yeah, But, but cool. you got to read this, and, and, and you agree with a lot of what Pastor well, yeah, David absolutely. Prince is talking about.
4: If, yeah, if, I mean, that's what a coach can do, too. A, coach, a good coach, and you look at those D1 coaches, I don't care what sport it's in, D1. I'm, and a lot of your D2 and D3 coaches are the same way. They can connect with the mm-hmm. student-athlete. And if you're going to be a pastor and effective, you got to be able to connect with people. they got to know you like them, you love them, you want to be around them. Now, you might have difficulties at times, but you still want to connect with them, and you want to connect from the pulpit, and then you want to connect when you go down and well, talk to them well, in the pew.
3: You know what's interesting, Pastor David, is, is we have three radio stations here, and one is a top 40, 103.7 KISS FM, and it is not a station that most people would think that they're going to hear anything about the Bible line in fact it's the exact opposite sometimes and berkside baptist church we're running some commercials right now where we're challenging the, the the people that listen to that station and it's funny because it's it's one of the bigger stations here in the city of milwaukee and it's a it's a younger audience that listens to the top 40 and Pastor talked about it a couple of weeks ago and said, look, we're going to attempt this because nobody's fishing in that pond. And understand, we're going to get a lot of first-time visitors here to Brookside. And let's make sure that we're ready for those visitors and, and how we're going to act and how we're going to accept them and receive them and help them. And 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 again, what, what, what Pastor Prince was talking about with ways to transform your church worship, worship services You know, these are all very important. When we start getting some people in, some new people, Pastor Ken, that listen to 103.7 and we challenge them, you know, this this really is going to help go a long way. Hey, amen. That's good. Yeah, that was ex- excellent, Pastor Dave. What you what you wrote there. So,
4: thank
0: you very much. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, you bet. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I promise. I know I keep saying this, but we're going to talk about uh, the, the book in the arena: uh, Promise of Sports from Discipleship. And he is uh, an author, but he is pa- uh, Pastor David Prince. He's the pastor uh, at in Lexington, Kentucky. And he, I don't, I don't really hear that either, Pastor. I don't hear that. That real southern draw. We'll get to no. we'll, well, maybe, it. Maybe we should get Judy a, it's on. A, it's help, it's get, helped me
4: out quite a bit.
3: We should get Mrs. Prince on, because then maybe you'll get right into that Oklahoma <laughs> thing. Again, Pastor David Prince, Ashland Avenue, Baptist Church, Lexington, Kentucky. We'll get to, to this book on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
2: All this time, all this time, you
1: covered me.
3: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike Weaver alongside Pastor Ken Keltner, our our guest today. He's a good one. Pastor David Prince, he is an author, and that's what we, uh, we're going to talk about this segment. Uh, in the Arena, Promise of uh, Sports from Discipleship. You can go to DavidPrince.com to get more information on the book. Uh, You can go to Amazon. There's a number of ways to get it, but I think uh, go to DavidPrince.com. Get more information on Pastor David, uh, a little bit more about the book, and you'll find ways if you want to pick this book up. And and for you coaches and parents that listen to this show, I I think that this would be a really good idea to listen to this segment and find out a little bit about uh, Pastor David's ideas when it comes to sports you know, um, Pastor Ken, we've had that conversation. Can you be a strong Christian and be competitive on the court of the field? And uh, you and I feel one way. And I asked uh, David what he thought about it, and uh, yeah, he's on our side. He, he thinks you're, he th- In fact, he might even be a little farther. He thinks that you you have to be competitive. You want you want to go as hard as you can within the rules. Uh, to win that game, hey David, let's talk a little bit about this book. I know you talked last segment about, you know, the, the, this is something that has been with you for a long time, I, as far as coaching and being and 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 being called to to preach. But the idea of writing this book, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, the uh, the publisher actually contacted me. I write a lot of stuff for Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission on sports and faith, and they just said, hey this is something Christians don't seem to have a good handle on how these things meld together, their faith commitment and their interest in sports. We'd love for you to write a book about it. And I was, I was, uh, like, wow. I mean, that's a dream come true for me. I've been thinking about it all these years. And so I started working on it. It's The most fun writing project I've ever done in my life. And, uh, I was trying to do something that was, Substantive enough theologically that it's, that it's actually giving you biblical theological foundations for understanding competition, uh, why there are sports in the world, but also a lot of really practical stuff in there, too, that's helpful to athletes, to coaches, to parents. And so I was going for that, that balance of those two realities
3: and and so when you said it and look i i've, I've uh, seen a, lot, a number of books that that uh, that you've written this one for you um was it the easiest to write or just the most fun
0: easiest and most fun um it it was just a matter of, of pouring out what i've been thinking about all these years on the paper and you know sports are something that they're all over the place and i say there are two christian Typical responses to sports that are both ditches. One is, well, I mean, we're Christians. We, we don't trivialize, trivialize things like sports. Who cares? You know, we, we do the things that matter. Uh, we're focused mm-hmm. on things that matter. Sports is just unimportant. Or the other side of the fence, there are people who are really into sports. They watch every game. They're totally engaged. Their kids are playing or they're playing. Uh, but they treat it almost like a guilty pleasure, almost like, you know, I know this shouldn't really matter to me, but man, it does. Uh, and so both are doing the same thing from opposite directions. Both are abstracting sports from their faith. And what I'm trying to help people to see is that there's you should be doing the opposite. Uh, you should be very intentional about your Christian commitments and fleshing that out in and through sports, but also uh, using sports to help you think out uh, the reality of the faith, like Paul does. Uh, There are three primary images related to what it means to serve God in the world in the Bible. Number one is soldier, military. We all live in the midst of a spiritual war. We all need to be good soldiers for Christ Jesus. The second is agrarian imagery because of the absolute dependence upon God that it it demands. And the third would be athletic imagery, the determination, the fierceness, the courage. And and that's why the idea about wanting to win, uh, Paul says that that is the key to sports being valuable. The issue is not uh, winning or losing being the end-all, be-all. But the issue is preparing to win and wanting to win and passionately pursuing victory. And then whether you win or lose, there are plenty of things for you to learn, just like life. The mantra at my home with my kids is we always say, at least fail. At least have the courage to fail. Fail in the right direction and keep learning on the way to uh, trying to succeed.
4: Pastor Dave, uh, that is that is excellent, and uh, I think I've mentioned it on the broadcast a couple of times. My dad, he was my coach often uh, in sports, and he used to—I hated, man, you talk about hating to lose. I hated losing. <laughs> And he had a couple of things, you know. If you can't face defeat, then you can't compete. But then he also says, no disgrace to fail, but it is a sin if you do less than your best. And um, I, I just while you were talking, I, I just jotted down three words: discipline, drive, determination. You, you need that in the Christian life, right. and you need that that you need that when you're coaching. And I, I love it that you you know you're you're, you're passionate about that because. There is a balance there. Uh, I don't know that I always was right there in that balance. I might have edged over on that one di- side of the ditch that you're talking about, wanting to wanting to win, you know and and uh, uh, you, know, that being you know the the ultimate. but um, I, I don't know if you've ever uh, <clears throat> Rick Riley, when he was writing with Sports Illustrated, he wrote uh, I, I used to love reading his editorials. He wrote one particular story about playing and praying. And he really kind of went after the fact that, you know what, Sunday used to be a day that people go to church. But Sunday's not a day people go to church anymore because they're going to the little league field or they're going to the gym for their little kids to play basketball. And he goes all into that. (laughs) But the way he ended it was beautiful. He said, so the next time Latasha's on the line and you're two down and it's a one and one who are you going to pray to? (laughs) <laughs> and i thought I thought, awesome. I thought that is beautiful that was a, a beautiful article and another thing i was thinking yeah. of is you're talking about that when mike said hey you're you're on uh, hey can pastor Dave's on our side here with this cuz we'll have people go no i don't i don't try to teach my players to to want to win so when when you said that i thought oh man i wish mike could have had your girls you know on a team i i would i would have just loved to have been over a, you know, a little little somebody on the bleachers watching that. I would love that yesterday.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we would have, hey, you would have enjoyed, would have enjoyed me, uh, I think, as a coach, because I I do. I believe that, you know, that trying to win a game, it gives you the best opportunity to then talk to the the coach or the players on the other team to say, hey, look, can I talk to you a little bit about, you know, my faith and what we believe? And, and reading more about this book, again, the name of the book is In the Arena, Uh, the promise of sports for christian discipleship and uh, he is uh, pastor david prince you can go to davidprince.com and and it says in here such obsession for the christian when it comes to sports must produce critical reflection how should the christian think about sports where does christ what does christ have to do with athletic competition can sports be redeemed and in the arena which is this book will answer these questions so that readers, and then it talks a little bit about some of that. Um, when, when you say, how should a Christian think about sports, um, David, how do you answer that for you personally?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, in, in the same way you think about everything else, and that is that it comes under the Lordship of Christ. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, said, uh, sports is a mighty good servant and a mighty bad master. And I think that's a really helpful way of framing the issue. Sports is a tool. Uh, Now, it is an inevitable response to the world that God made, just like singing. We don't need to sing to live, but we can't live without singing. (laughs) We we don't have to have sports to live, but it's inevitable that people will compete in sports. If you put two kids together with nothing to do outside, they're going to say you can throw the rock the farthest or who can run the fastest. It's just going to happen. And that's why this issue of competition is not merely a product of the fall. It's just harder because of the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, competition, uh, in a healthy sense, is how we call one another to excellence, how we call one another to greater achievement and greater honing of our skills. And, you know, if you if you put two people, uh, you, you time somebody running the 40-yard dash, and then you put somebody against them that's just as fast as them or a little bit faster, and you time them again, they're going to run faster when they're competing against somebody. Uh, well, that, that's that's the way competition works. Iron sharpens iron, the writer of Proverbs says. Uh, that healthy sort of competition where it doesn't detract from us, it, it actually helps us achieve things we couldn't achieve uh, without it. Um, it's one of the ways that we hone our skills. And so if we see the person we're competing against as an opponent, but but they're not our enemy. They're our friend. We need an opponent so we can call ourselves to more. And it's the reason why you see athletes uh, who, if you ask them what their favorite moments were, sometimes they're even games or matches that they lost. They ask Andy Roddick, do you wish you would have played tennis in an era that wasn't uh, Roger Federer and Rafa? Mm-hmm. And his answer is absolutely not. I was a better tennis player because I was trying to meet the standard of Federer and Rafa. Boy, that's
2: uh, awesome.
0: I, I, I wanted to push myself. I wanted to see how good I could be. Well, that's the way it works. You know, if, if you and I are trying to lose some weight and uh, we say, let's have a little contest for six months to see who can lose the most weight. And I, you lose 28 pounds and I lose 24 pounds. Well, that's not a negative. It's a positive for us both, even though you won. Well, a Christian – uh, processes this competition and and as a as an athlete in a way that this is how I hone my skills and get better. So a Christian is redeeming comp, uh, competition in the fallen world, just like a Christian is redeeming marriage, just like a Christian is redeeming work and all of those things that are more difficult because of the fall. but the Christian should be more competitive, not less competitive because the Christian doesn't get his identity from sports and therefore he's not got that debilitating tightness that one does who's trying to get their sole identity from it it should make you a better and more fierce competitor because you have an improper perspective
3: man totally agree guys we've got to get to a break he is pastor david prince again go to davidprince.com name of the book in the arena promise of sports from discipleship this is faith in the zone on sports radio 1057 fm the fan
1: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Hello Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
2: All this, time, all this time, you covered me.
3: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, The Fan. I just wish listeners could hear what happens between the breaks, man. Uh, maybe the it's, best a ble- it's a blessing. It is, it is a blessing. <laughs> Why are you putting quotations up like that? He's Pastor Ken Keltner. Our special guest it's been a great one. David. Pastor David Prince, go to davidprince.com to look up more information on on, on David and certainly read more about the book in the arena. Promise of Sports for Discipleship, Pastor. Before we get to one more question, um, you had told me when we talked earlier that yeah, there's been a gr- really some really good response to this book, and you talked about a a, uh, a group that are buying a, a number of, of of books to hand them out to coaches in their area. Is that something that's been going on with within the arena? Yeah,
0: there's uh, several people that have uh, ended up buying. A- 100 200 300 and giving them to every coach in the area uh in the high schools and middle schools and some people have done it with the park league baseball leagues uh some colleges have given them out to all their athletes uh i know uh several major colleges a couple of major college basketball programs who have been going through the book together as a team so it's 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 really amazing and it's been a been a fun ride i've got a chance to speak to some athletic groups at colleges and uh so it's it's been a real blessing
3: hey david are you familiar with the nations of coaches no you know you you need to look that up if you can um you know, Pete Weary's a, a friend of Pastor Ken's, and, and he's become a friend of mine, and he's really involved with nations of coaches. And what they do is is they're on college campuses all over the country. And, it'd be, and, and I can get you in contact with Pete, and uh, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. This might be a really good way uh, for this book to to get onto college campuses and all different yeah. divisions, but nations of coaches uh, would be a really good place for for you to, to to look up and see if you could network with some of those guys.
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
4: Yeah, he uh, is as Mike said on these uh, college campuses, and really kind—it's more like character type coaching, yep. uh, trying to mm-hmm. help these guys really develop and co- and the the head coaches want to see that they want to see their kids, you know, disciplined. In life, uh, as as well as on
3: the court, and this so. this book would be a great fit for yeah, for absolutely. that for sure.
4: Hey, tell yeah. us, t- tell us uh, as we get ready to close. Uh, one of your highlights, uh, positive highlights. Yeah, of, you don't um... have to
3: go positive; you can <laughs> yeah. go negative. Yeah, yeah. The one that you told us during the break wasn't bad, but you might not want to bring that one up. But <laughs> you know, as you look back on your playing career and coaching careers, is there something when you close your eyes that that you know jumps out as like just one of your favorite moments?
0: Absolutely, and it's uh, interesting because I played baseball in a pretty uh, big-time program in high school, and, uh, and then I ended up playing in college, and I coached at a high school that was pretty good athletically, but my favorite coaching sports memory of my whole life was Little League Baseball coaching two of my sons on an 11- and 12-year-old team. We were the worst team in the league at the start of the season. And I told them, we're not going to win many games early, but we're going to work hard and we're, we're going to get better and we're going to be the most improved team in the league. So these kids bought in. You know, some of them had never played before. Some of them had been playing their whole life. And so we went into the postseason tournament, the bottom seed in the postseason tournament. And uh, we had to win uh, four games to win the tournament. We were playing in the championship game of the tournament, and uh, we were up uh, by one run in the last inning. The other team had the bases loaded, no outs. We got three straight force outs, uh, the first two at home plate, to win the game. Oh, my. So uh, this team that went from worst regular season to first in the tournament, and those kids had totally bought in as much as any team I'd ever coached. And two of my sons were on that team. And one of my sons uh, got uh, two of the outs of the three in the last inning. Yeah,
3: you remember that. That'll be good. That's a great... One of the best memories we've had. Just one of the best memories we've had. Yeah, Thank you so much for that. Boy, that had to be great. Guys, I, I apologize, but we have to get out. Again, the name of the book, In the Arena, Promise of Sports from Discipleship. Go to davidprince.com. davidprince.com, that's one word. Passage. good to see you, David. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for
0: having yeah. me.
3: Thank you, you. you bet. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM.
2: Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain,
1: Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?